Let, let's go ahead and talk about this, shall we? Shall we? Hey, I'm Lynn. I'm Vicki. And I'm Bree. And, and we, we are Telling on Ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling on ourselves. Telling on ourselves. Telling, 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 telling on ourselves. So Bree's not moving her head at all. It's very strange. Bree is freaked out. That was the paranormal activity. You did a great job. I am freaked out by paranormal activity. <laughs> and every time I have to wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I say, please don't visit me tonight, spirits. Please, please stay where you are. So backstory, I was just dog sitting this last week for two great Danes that are the sweetest, they're gentle adorable. giants. Oh, they're, they're such good boys. I, I actually cried when I said goodbye to uh, Baron yesterday morning. Aww. <laughs> so the house is haunted, and there's the, the original owners of the house still hang out there. And I was telling the girls um, that they it was built in 1927, so it was right at the advent of Prohibition. So they would have, like, these secret parties in the basement, number one, because there was no air conditioning. It was cooler. Secret party time. Secret Speak party time. Yeah, they, they had, like, their own little private speakeasies. They wore sucker suits. Yes. What are they called? Seersucker. Seersucker. Seersucker suits. Yeah, and the ladies have like, you know those cool dresses, like the flapper dresses? They they have pictures of them with that. It's so cool. So, and they, so they always entertain at the house. So whenever my friends have parties or have people over, they're always really present because they just love it. They love they the love energy. They love parties. And I just I wonder know. if they were alcoholics. Maybe. I don't know. I think they'd really like Lynn then. They'd probably come out a lot more often than if they, if Lynn were in the yeah. house with Well, that's them. what I was saying. They weren't they were not present at all when I was there, but I think it's because they're used to me because I've stayed well, they know you're cool. Times. And they're they know like, I take care of the boys. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's yeah. all good. But you know who they were friends with? Who? Chester, who was the priest at St. James who haunts St. James. He's buried on the grounds. I've told you about my experience at St. James, right? No. Um, that's the church that... In West Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so no. Tell yeah. Tell them. Okay. Um, so we're going to just have a little we're Halloween have a special. Paranormal. <laughs> that's so, um, I was the key person for the Wednesday night meeting at St. James, and the men there insisted that I had to get there like 45 to 50 minutes before the meeting started to get the coffee ready. Good old long-timers. Yes. So I got there, and the pianist, <laughs> the organist, the whatever. Pianist. <laughs> Organist or both. <laughs> he, um, the, the person on the, the ivories. <laughs> but it was an organ. Oh, shoot. They oh, don't yeah. have ivory in organ. Yeah. It's an organ. Yeah, he was holding we his organ. <laughs> anyway, he was finishing up his practice, <laughs> and he left, and I said, are you the last one out? And he said, yeah, yes, I am. And I'm like, okay. So I'm just kind of sitting there playing on my phone, and I hear a door slam down the hallway. I'm like, Okay. Maybe that was the wind. You know, who knows? So then the elevator opens and closes. Nobody around. Nobody in the church. And then I hear a door slam again. So again, I'm like, I'm just going to stay on my phone. I'm like, hey, Chester was the original priest, I think, at the St. James. And he's actually buried in the grounds there. So, um, yeah, that was my St. James experience. It only happened once or did that happen? That's the only time it happened to me there. Other people have talked about. When, especially on the sanctuary, he's always kind of lurking around. Okay, so Chester, you're supposed to be Chester. in heaven because you believed in God. But and you know, Jesus. Chester was family too. He was one of he was a Bill Wilson friend. That's fine, but I just I don't understand why he's not chilling in heaven right now. Why he's down here still at the church? Watching it makes his church. you wonder. Watching his church. 
They're, they, p- codependency. Yeah. <laughs> Codependent. Nobody else can watch the church as well as Chester. never got past that bedevilment. We <laughs> <laughs> won't let it go. So before we get into the bedevilments and the promises, the, the second part two of our two-part series... We're going to talk about First Thought Wrong, I believe. FTW. I win this week, but I don't even feel like mine... I, I'm not going to judge it. It's, it's, it's not a super bad one this week, but I normally... Well, you might, you guys might beg to differ, but I normally don't consider myself a super codependent person. They're, they want to laugh because they also think I'm the most competitive person, which <laughs> I don't see myself as very competitive either. So we're just... Denial is not just a river. Yeah, I know. This is probably one of my bedevilments because I'm living in denial. Cleopatra was a queen of denial. So we do these workouts that one of our... Zoom workout. It's a Zoom workout. And one of our friends is a personal trainer. And when the COVID shut-in thing happened, he offered to do these Zoom video workout classes with us. And... They're awesome. They're awesome. And for, I mean, for the first couple months, like we were all going pretty regularly because we have nothing else to do. There's literally nowhere else to go and nothing to do. Well, you know, everything opened up a couple weeks ago here in Illinois and, you know, slowly people just been falling off. And I mean, I haven't even been consistent about going every single, I think we meet like two times a week now, but like three out of the last four times I've logged in to do the workouts with him. I've been the only one on the video <laughs> and I don't, it makes me so uncomfortable. Uh, and it's actually him and his girlfriend who are on the video. Like she's, she's working out too, but I have like these huge codependency issues with his feelings and are they going to, you know, the, the people don't appreciate him and uh, should I just not go? Because I, I don't want him to feel like he has to do the whole class just for one person. So then I always think, well, maybe I'll hop on five minutes late and then that way, if no one was there, he'll probably be gone already by then. I have, like, all of these just insane thoughts running through my head. I'm, like, strategy. I'm trying to control it all. Instead mm-hmm. of just working out because I like working out, and that's I, as long as I get to work out and he's willing to do it, well, being grateful. And he's a personal trainer. So right. you have your own personal trainer if no mm-hmm. one else shows up. True that. So, I mean, giddy up with that. Right. Yeah, so... Anyways, that's my first thought wrong is feeling bad and feeling like I need to control and but not really being able to control it either. Just that was kind of like the second thought, right? Was just yeah, let it go. Yeah, let it go. Like you I, can't control what six other people do every single night. That, well, right. You know? The first two days that I, it was just me. Are you sure? Are you sure you <laughs> want to do the class? We can skip it. Are you sure? Like I kept asking, are you sure? Like it was so annoying. But he had to. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe he felt codependent, but he had to do the class for me. Who knows? But then last night I didn't ask. I said, he showed up. I showed up. Cindy showed up. His girlfriend, we're going to do the class. And I didn't ask and I didn't monitor and say, oh, is this okay? I just, we just did it. Well, and here's what I'll say. He said he's doing it anyways, so he doesn't mind doing it. Yeah, he does say, I just got off work, so I I needed to work out today. I'm like, okay. And mind you, his job is working Working out. out. (laughs) One of them. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, so lesson lesson is. Codependence, man. It bites me in the ass almost every day. You just got to trust that. People are either going to speak up for themselves if they're not comfortable with something or 
they're not, and then that's their thing that they're working mm-hmm. on, maybe or not, maybe. Right. It's only our business what we do. Yeah, and everybody else try to coddle or what well, not coddle, but you know, yeah. force the situation to be something to make sure somebody's feelings are. Yeah, and that's forcing an outcome. Yeah, and you know where that gets you. Well, and it's it's. For me, it goes into that whole projecting other people's thoughts, the mind reader trait that I have and I'm so good at, Mm -hmm. uh, which I found out I was not good at it at all, and that it's way too much work and not doing it is a whole lot easier. The mind reader, that is perfectly... Yeah, I'm a future reader. Whatever oh, that is. So you know what the whole scenario is going to be. I can anticipate exactly how everything's going to play out, so I can go ahead and get all angsty about it. Well, I Way think that... Ahead of time. Give myself plenty of time. That <laughs> rolls right into one of these bedevilments, mm-hmm. the next one. What were you going to say, Brie? I was going to say, but you're usually right, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Stop uh, it. No, I would just seriously, though. Yeah. Well, sometimes. sometimes. She's yeah. smart. She's, she's a smart cookie. Um, so this, back to these bedevilments, this is number five. Cinco. I said that very Chicago-y. Uh, it says, we had a feeling of uselessness. And I think that's our way, doing that kind of stuff for me, projecting that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, it makes me feel useful. I think a lot of my codependent behaviors come from trying to be of value to others and not feeling useless. When I'm usually, when I'm being in my codependent behavior, it's because I want some either recognition or pat on the back or I want to feel of value or I want to feel useful. Mm -hmm. I want to feel um, the worst feeling I have is to be uh, a a drain on somebody, you know, to be the one that you have to carry. I think that's because so many people had to carry me when I was drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I was that girl that used to just be sloppy drunk. I mean, I'm, I'm joking um, because the codependent behavior is, is totally separate from that. And it goes along with our disease. But it's, um, it's especially in work or in family situations or when it's us doing the workshops, like mm-hmm. structured situations... I, I like to shine, and I act in a way that is not always authentic if I'm allowing that to be my motivator. Interesting. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I was just thinking about how it manifests with me, and because I'm such a pleaser, I do, though. And I was, I was actually th- talking about using this for a first thought wrong. I say yes to everything <laughs> because I want to make people happy because if them, if I make them happy, then I have value. That's how I find my value. It's in pleasing other people. So I say, yeah, I can handle it. No problem. Oh, yeah, I got this. No problem. And it's just, it's tough. And then that's when I find myself rushing from one thing to the next, as I call it, shingling all my activities. So there's no room in between to think or to breathe or to feel. So has that changed for you? It's getting there. So did you feel, okay, so my question is, in the past, you felt useless, so you would still do the same things you do now, which is to not say no, mm-hmm. yes? But now, you know, you probably never got the feeling out of it that you wanted before. Oh, never, never, you never do. Do you feel like you have the promise of, you know, the other side? Are you living on the other side now? Well, what is the other side? What is the other right? side? Can't read it. <laughs> I can. Uh, the feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. 
and what will happen. Oh, that's the next that's, one. Sorry. That's Sorry. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to reading the promises really fast. I'm like, no, there was another part. Right. right. It's the next one. It's the next one. So we're, we're breaking it down. We're deconstructing we it. We are. So, uh, yeah, definitely the self-pity. I, I don't really suffer from that much at all. Do you? Break. Self-pity? Uh-huh. Sometimes. I don't I don't sit in it the way I used to, though. Yeah. I was feeling very useless this week because um, they launched a new product at work, and I was having a really hard time selling it, and the other two people, so there's three of us chosen. Oh, this could have been a first thought wrong, too. <laughs> the other two people at work were knocking it out of the park, and it was so hard for me. And I was so... I was like, I'm just not even going to pitch this product anymore because that's how useless I was feeling. What is the point of me even being mm. a piloter of this? So I, I snapped myself out of that stuff pretty fast now. And because of gratitude, which is a total gift of the program and working the steps, which I never used to be. And, you know, I learned to take it one minute by minute, one moment by yeah. moment it, it, to just, you know, turn over that it's a lot of it's fear too I think that uselessness it actually comes from a fear of not being good enough which is like a whole deep thing that we did on my fifth step this time around not well worthy. it's the next one just, it just a spoiler alert is it oh well then let's the next one. well I think that um okay uh, th- this bedevilment <laughs> is um surprisingly we are full of fear <laughs> full of fear and the uh, corresponding promise is we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. Wow. That is a big promise. It is a big promise, and it was very confounding for me for a long time because I'm like, how am I going to intuitively know? How am I going to know when it's okay to listen to me? Because for most of my life, it was not okay to listen to my intuition or, or I call it my inner self my inner voice that's my intuition is that because in, that inner voice was always getting me in trouble but what I as the miracle started to happen and what I realized was that it was not my soul my heart answering it was my sickness and my fear that's mm. what always answered was fear and that's what got me in trouble so when I started to face my fears feel my feelings face all the things that I had tried to bury or numb, which is what we do as addicts. Once I didn't do that, sorry, anymore, I just vibrated on the... (laughs) Well, my wrestling did it at the same time, so it was freaking me out. Um, So once I was able to face those things that I had been ashamed of or scared of or whatever, the fear dissipated. I'm not saying fear goes away completely because I think that for me anyway... It's always kind of, it's like the disease. It's always ready. It's like it's waiting for its end, and fear is certainly that thing with me. It's always just waiting for that little tiny crevice crack to inch back in, but I have a better chance of fighting it now because of this program. Well, and I think the intuitive part happens Mm -hmm. after a lot of practice Mm -hmm. of handling situations that baffle us. I think um, the guidance that we get in these rooms and in the book and with each other and talking to our sponsors or our people in our tribe, I think that's how it becomes intuitive. It becomes this thing where you can do it in your sleep. I think that for me, uh, so many things used to baffle me. So many situations used to baffle me. I had no idea what to do. I pretended. I I pretended real good, Mm -hmm. but I was clueless most of the time. And I think that comes with a lot of practice, but I also think it comes with a 
uh, you're right, the, the lack of fear, the taking away, the adding courage in, right? Couraging in through the fear and, and then allowing that, that like you're talking about, that mm-hmm. small, still voice. As long as it's not the jerky voice, oh, well, you might embarrass yourself or you didn't do a good job selling that product or blah, blah, blah. You know, these things that our voice tells us mm-hmm. that that's fear talking. Don't even try because you suck at it anyway. Right. But then if we listen to the voice that says, oh, honey, you should try that. Wouldn't that be fun? What's going to happen? What's right. the worst that can happen? This is exciting. The, those are the, the the voices that you start to hear more of if you do this work, right. I believe. Or at least that's what's happened to me. Yeah. That's what my sponsor was telling me today, to like listen for listen for the answer and be open to the opportunity. Um, I think of always the, you know what helps me with the fear thing is the pausing and the intuitively knowing how to handle situations. Mm-hmm. That's the pausing for me, too. Okay, because sometimes what happens is I'm so scared about something that I I shut down, but it's like, I, it's like a, I shut down and then realize that it's okay to not do anything for just a minute and, like, breathe and not have to try to grasp for a solution or a next step right away to just sit with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very helpful, too, in dealing with, like, people, like, not to shoot off, like, texts out of, like, anger. Like, there's just a pause that comes now sometimes and then it reminds me of in the in our big book the prayer that we do in the morning one of our friends made us these special prayer beads Mm -hmm. and part of the prayer beads is to say this in the morning you know on awakening think about the 24 hours ahead consider your plans for the day before we begin we ask god to direct our thinking especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity dishonest or self-seeking motives under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. For after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask for inspiration, an intuitive thought, or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. My wrong favorite line in the big book, we relax and take it easy. Mm-hmm. We don't struggle. I don't have to be a floppy fish out of water. And the last sentence, we are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. So I just love that. Yeah. When you intentionally, whether you pray or you mantra or you just put that out there and read that every day, you will become more in tune with that pause just because you started your day with that you know asking the universe with for the guidance it's about intent I was gonna, yeah setting your intention every day mm-hmm. that's exactly what i was thinking and it's it's creating a new wagon wheel rut which is what our brain what you practice grows strong, stronger right Sean Sean Shapiro. Shapiro. <laughs> doctor what Doc. you practice grows stronger yeah i mean and, and that's true for good and bad. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and in terms I of I know. So we're we're NPR in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next one is about we were unhappy. And that's like such a that's like an understatement. Yeah. That's just such a plain blanket way to say <laughs> it for all of the despair that I actually felt. We were <laughs> Fucking little girl, you we know, were devoid of happy, that's sad, for sure. <laughs> sad sap. We um, were devoid of joy. 
we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness mm-hmm. is, the, is the promise. So tell me how that has manifested in your life. Well, the very first time I met my first sponsor, she asked me a couple of questions. And with this smile that would light up the world, she said, are you happy, joyous, and free? And I didn't know what the hell she was talking about. I'm like, like that exists. So happy, joyous, and free is another line in mm-hmm. the book that people throw at you a lot when you first come in the program. So continue. So she asked me, um, are you happy, joyous, and free? And I said, do I look happy, joyous, and free? I'm in the depths of despair right now. I'm, I'm the definition, Merriam-Webster, unhappy right now. And she said, do you want to be? Because we can help you. And it's a we. We can help you. Not I can help you. I can show you. It was not that. It's we can help you if you're willing. How about you? I just think about the freedom and how good it feels to not be owned by your obsession to drink or use. Mm-hmm. Because when I wasn't using, I was unhappy. And when I was using, I was, I had a, the manufactured happiness, but still that like eternal loneliness feeling in the center of my being anyways. Well, like um, you just don't fit in. I used to feel very much like there wasn't really a space for me to fit well and it wasn't real the happiness you had yeah yeah everything was uncomfortable well what i was going to say that sticks out to me right this second today is that it's a new freedom and a new happiness because and i say this a lot because of the second step came to believe that power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity i always say i don't think i was sane before I got into this program. Like, this program taught me how to have some sanity in my life. But it's a new freedom, a freedom that I've never known. I've been free my whole life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was 18 years old, and I did not come home from college. You know, I mean, I was on my own. Mm -hmm. I was free, but I was was miserable, and I was was in a prison of my unhappiness, right, of my desperation. And... And then the uh, happiness part, the new happiness. I mean, I can't tell you how many real belly laughs I've had in recovery. Whereas before I had this cackle that was like the fakest laugh. I was this loud laugher, obnoxious. Mm -hmm. I still have a silly laugh, but it's different. It's real. It's genuine. And I just pretended that I was happy. And I really was just full of baloney. B-O-L-O-G-N-A. I love that breakdown. Mm-hmm. New freedom. Yeah, new freedom. And you also have the immediate freedom when you come in the doors and you're just sober. Like, that's a big step of freedom. But then once you've worked the steps, then you're like a whole other new freedom. Oh, yeah, that's another level. freedom, It's a whole new plane. Right, that, that invisible backpack they talk about, mm-hmm. all our crap that we've got rid of yeah. in four and five, those steps. And then six and seven, kind of looking at ourselves and working on ourselves And then this one comes after step nine, where we actually go to people and we let go of all those. We make amend. We amend our behavior. Yikes. It's work, but man, I'll take the new freedom and the new happiness over. I will happily do the work for, because I have seen it and had it and tasted it and I don't want to let it go. Well, and the reason why I keep doing it, the reason why I keep going through it and I keep coming to the table is because it has worked. There's evidence I've had the feeling. So you know it works. It's kind of changing that wagon wheel rut. We had a wagon wheel rut that, and for me, in chaos, I was good. I 
I know how to operate in chaos. Mm-hmm. In calm, I, I was clueless. Yeah, you and got bogged down. Yeah, you got stuck. I didn't know. I Kind of what you were talking about. I was paralyzed. I don't know what to do. And I paused not because I wanted to, but because I was truly clueless. <laughs> you were trying to figure out a way to create chaos again because that was your comfort zone. Yeah. And, and, and it was uncomfortable to be in calm, but mm-hmm. now... I just, I mean, we were we were around a lot of people this weekend, and it was very peopley, and um, you know, we didn't go over the numbers, and and we were very, uh, what's the word, responsible in our gatherings. But I needed my calm, I needed my space, and and I felt it. I remember it was the last hour, and I'm like, I just need to just lay down and go away. <laughs> Algon, take, take me, me away. away. <laughs> All right, are we on to the next one? Yep. Okay, so this next one is eight. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Hmm. Should I read the promise? Please. Yeah. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our you will see how your experience can benefit others. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. That that those two sentences are so powerful. Me too. That's that's what really jumped out at me in the beginning. It's you you can't change the past and you can't make it go it's not gonna go away. But instead of being ashamed of it or feel guilty, use it. And you know, I think of all the people who I've followed in life or just listened to and whenever I can relate to them somehow they're helping me and I I acknowledge that that this person has shared their truth and oh and it's like oh we do the same thing too you know we do the same thing in these rooms to help other alcoholics but I admire people so much who can be so honest with their story and their pain and be vulnerable Um, but they're getting free from that they're Mm -hmm. helping others and they're getting to shed a lot of that stuff too by just not like they're healing from well and it's so interesting because I do I've been doing a lot of manifestation and positive thinking stuff and I go to my meetings and I think but we're talking about all this stuff that maybe wasn't the greatest it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily positive and what I've uncovered and it's been it's been on my brain for couple weeks I don't I don't even know how long but I'll tell you what I've discovered is I've noticed because I've been thinking about it I've been noticing in meetings we mostly don't talk about that we mostly talk about how to get over that how to get up and over that and then about what's on the other side of that right yeah there's no dwelling there's no dwelling in all Mm -hmm. the pain we don't dwell in pain Mm -mm. well what I was gonna excuse me what I was gonna say bubbly um. <laughs> Bubbly and uh, Nan Paneer. Modern Panatter. Modern Paneer. What I was going to say is the difference between us sharing our experience, strength, and hope that I see, because one of my triggers has always been when I would talk about something that happened I was having difficulty with or something that was really bothering me or hurting me, and then the person I'd be sharing this with would say, welcome to my world. And that always really hurt me. Because it invalidates everything you just said. Like, what you're saying is not special. It doesn't really have any value. And just stop whining. And that is the difference between what we do in our program and we're sharing with our uh, fellowship. 
there's no invalidating. It's this is what happened to me. This is how I got better. Maybe you can get something from it. Yeah, because we have to shut up in meetings. Mm-hmm. The, we're not allowed to cross talk. We're not allowed to talk when someone else is talking. So we have to. Li- we're forced. And in the beginning, it's hard. We're mm-hmm. forced to listen and to not interject. Mm-hmm. And we get to practice that muscle, too. Absolutely. But even if there was crosstalk, I don't feel there would be that kind of... It's it's like you diminish that person's experience when you do that, when you yeah, say that. Right. And I'm just, that's always been like a big thing. It makes me really upset when people say that. Welcome to my world. Yeah. Right? And we don't do that. Well, and, and I think it's funny because when I hear that, I think someone, that, that person is trying to buddy up with you, but it can be so condescending mm-hmm. that it just doesn't work. So don't say that to your friends or no. your family or your people. It hurts. It really hurts. It's hurtful. Yeah. Lynn has a really sad face. Yeah. I've never seen that sad this, face in this, a long time. The sweet way we say it is, um, you're in the right place. <laughs> That's what we say. Keep coming back. You know, whenever you you got a lot going on and you're dumping it or whatever, yeah. you're in, in the right, right place. place. <laughs> yep. And, and then you can tell, like, your deepest, darkest, most shameful secrets. And I go, is that all you got? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, whew, okay. I'm really or that's a good response. Is that all you got? Instead of, welcome to my world. I know. You know? <laughs> is that all you got? It's like, okay, there really are some sickos here. <laughs> I am home. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> and, and, and the whole idea of we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it, mm-hmm. I think because we do this work, we don't have to, um, like, perseverate on, oh, I'm embarrassed that I did this, and I did this, and I, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. And if I see that person, they know what I did, and blah, blah, blah. You know, we don't have to do that anymore because we're free from it because we, we clean our street, you know? Yep. So the next one is weird. It's not really a bedevilment. It, all, all it says is, and most of all. Huh. But then the... The alternative promise is we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And what that to me, that's that, what's that telling me? What that is telling me is once I let go of self-will and try to control outcomes, if I just let things happen the way they're supposed to in the natural order, the way my God that I believe in intended it to be, then everything will be okay. So I just let go and just let go. Perfect. Mm-hmm. It is pretty beautiful. Well, and it kind of just makes me think, I, those moments when you realize in hindsight that it was done for a, for a better reason, right? So, so an experience that sucked maybe was taking somebody out of my life that needed to be taken out of my life and to leave room for something better and mm-hmm. something more beautiful and something, uh, I don't know. There's just, I think in recovery, what I've learned so much more than anything, and especially in this crazy situation that we're in, is that nothing, like the, Marie Forleo wrote a book, Everything is Figureoutable. There is nothing that, there's not much worse than what happened to me when I came into these rooms. It couldn't get much worse, right? Mm-hmm. And and that if I remember, and maybe that's what they mean by that, 
obviously that's what they mean by that. But if I remember and I realize all the times that it could have been so bad and that I thought it was so bad, but really it was a blessing. And that that, that isn't just lip service when people say, oh, everything happens for a reason. Because that saying it that way doesn't work for me because it's, well, okay. But I, I love, and some of the other things that I listen to, Everything is happening for my highest good. Mm. That when I when I focus there, that everything is happening for my highest good. So it might not feel good. I might be in the trench right now, but I know when I come up like a phoenix, mm-hmm. then it it will be more beautiful. And part of it is just it's like the butterfly coming out of the chrysalis and if you break the chrysalis and the butterfly can't break out of the chrysalis it can't fly it doesn't have the strength Mm -hmm. so you need to kind of fight you have to fight your way through the crap to be able to soar Mm -hmm. that's even better than the lotus because i was like yeah like when the lotus grows out of the mud but the butterfly is even a better analogy i love that thank you you're welcome so well let's do uh golden nuggets Okay. Wow, guess what time we're at? Don't look, don't look. Guess what time? 7 11. 35. Mm. Close. I thought you meant 7 11. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you think we've been only doing this for seven minutes? No, the PM time. The PM time. It's late. The PM. All right, so golden nuggets. I, I think my golden nugget here with this whole uh, bedevilment and the promises is that I don't have to do this alone and that it will get better. It will. It just, it simply will get better mm-hmm. if I allow it. If you get out of the way. That's the other thing they tell us all the time. Get out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I did, that took me a long time to understand it. I think um, what really got me was um, part of that intuition thing and to be able to pause and listen for the answer. The pause is always... Pause and gratitude. Well, and I like what you said, Lynn, about when when fear answers instead of your intuition and your inner voice. Before, it used to be fear. And fear will still sometimes answer first for me. And so mm-hmm. I just got to remember that when I... I, I want to be able to remember that when I'm in fear... I'm like, okay, my intuition and my inner voice can come through right now. I know what I need to do. I need to get quiet. I need to sit. Which is the whole point of first thought wrong. Right. Our first Just thought. To not act on that. Yeah. To let that happen, yeah. but then not, not yeah. act on that, mm-hmm. hopefully. Feel it. Pause. Sit on your hands, Vic. Because <laughs> if you do act on it, then it's going to be a second thought, right? Which also probably includes an immense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep those texting thumbs away. Oh, boy. Don't we know it. <laughs> don't we know it. So what do we have going on? Coming up, girls, anything? We are just uh, doing the deal with the pandemic. We were actually just talking about that. First of all, can I say um, to my cancer sister's, um, it's July. We're in July right now. Yeah, July. Who cares or not? But um, today is Vicky's birthday. Aww. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yes. Saturday is my birthday. Happy birthday. And then a week after me, not Vicky, is Bree's birthday. Happy birthday. So it, it's, you know, and I, it's funny. I'm always in my life, I've known a lot of July babies, but never in my life have I had such close concentration. It's like, 
it's awesome. It's like, this beautiful. isn't even it. We know, like, oh, there's, yeah. like, ten other people yeah. in our tribe that in are tribe cancer. That are all cancers, yeah. I wonder if there's a correlation between cancer totally. and uh, getting, getting them a little saucy. I, I think so. Well, uh, so I'm on this Facebook group about horror books, but they this lady went through and found all these serial killers, and she did their signs. Not one serial killer is a cancer. Yes! Awesome. Not one. Ooh. They're, they're mostly Virgos. All right, well, I think that's all we have. Are we sure? So anyway, happy July. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling like the NPR lady again. <laughs> so happy um, July. To all you July babies out there. Be good to yourself. You're wishing And you. eat the cake. It's your birthday. Oh, eat it. Try it out. Try it out. Try it out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Telling on Ourselves. Please rate, review, share, subscribe, download our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you want more Telling on Ourselves, please find us and follow us and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Telling on Ourselves. Tribe out.